It's time to feel the rage. Welcome to Film Rage, where we talk movies in theaters, streaming, and classic films as well. Directors and actors, beware as you cannot hide from the rage. My name is Bryce, and I'm part of the Film Rage crew, which also includes Jim. Hey, Jim. Hey, hey, Bryce. And Murray. One more week until Thor. Is this sort of like Christmas for you? Eight more days until till Thor's day. All right. Are, are you, yeah, I was going to ask if you're counting down the days, but apparently already answered that. Thor's day. Have you got a thoner? Like, have you got as big a thoner as I do, Murray? Probably bigger. <laughs> right on, Murray. I don't doubt that. So, with the introductions out of the way, let's rage on. I've got a rage and thoner right now. Well, thanks to all who have been supporting us. If you love our independent podcast, please like, subscribe, share, and give us a five-star rating on your listening platform or support us and join the Film Rage community by joining our membership at buymeacoffee.com forward slash Film Rage YYC. If you cannot commit to a membership, you can still buy us a movie rental and dare us to see a terrible film, and we probably will do it. Yep. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, that's enough of that. Let's get to raging. But first, here's a word from our sponsor. Hey, Bryce, what are you doing tonight? I'm going to my favorite cinema, Canyon Meadow Cinema, to see the best second-run movies at the best price. What? How inexpensive are they? Regular price is five bucks, five bucks. Regular price is five bucks, five bucks. Makes me hope they also serve pizza. They do, plus a lot of other great food choices. Plus, I'm planning my office Christmas party there. They can host a plethora of options for any get-together. Gaming, movie, drag show? Drag show? Now I know where I'm planning my next party. Hey, maybe you think there's a, a Liam Neeson or a superhero movie plan? Ugh, I hope not. But uh, maybe there'll be a great independent documentary. Sure. Call CMC at 403-670-5444 to book a special event or go online at canyonmeadowscinemas.ca. Wow, these two guys are doing I'm doing the show. I'm drunk, and so we're what do I know? With something a little special. Spe- oh, a so special pre-screen release. It in the streaming column. That's right. Yeah, well, we're, it will be released in theaters. Canada Day. Canada Day. July 1. Yes, indeed. The film is called The Long Rider. Giddy up. The Long Rider is the story of Philippe Leite. Is that right? I think that sounds right. All right. Who embarks on a journey from Calgary, Alberta, Canada. You heard of the place? I, I know that place. I have put my spurs on in Calgary before. There you go. He went from there to Brazil on horseback. What? That's crazy, right? That's it's a crazy. long journey. Felipe was inspired by the long rider Shifley, who embarked on a similar journey in 1925. Of course, Shifley did not have to deal with giant transport trucks whizzing by their ear Mm -mm. and corrupt border crossings. Mm -mm. This was an intense adventure as we witnessed Felipe and his horses battle through intense weather, which included extreme heat, drought, and torrential downpours. There are moments in this that are very emotional as Felipe does not hide what he is feeling. His passion, or joy, or sadness, or excitement, or heartbreak are all on full display, which enables the viewer to become part of the this epic adventure. Felipe is very likable, which makes him easy to root for. The horses all have unique characteristics as well, which leave you feeling as if you know them. Let's face it, the horses were the real star of this. Frenchie, Bruiser, and Dude. And I guess to a lesser extent, Texas, although, you know, he couldn't really... Don't it. mess with Texas is he really what he, it says. Well, he couldn't hack it. Apparently, you can mess with Texas because he lasted not very long. <laughs> he's no Frenchie. No, he's not. Frenchie, Brewster, and Dude were front and center through the whole dock. Looking out for each other. Looking out for Philippe. The bond that they all had with each other was powerful as they battled through some major adversity together. Unfortunately, the last 10 minutes of the dock were a little rushed and almost seemed tacked on. I think perhaps his second journey did not need to be presented in the way it was. It took away from the power of the first part. 
Some text on the screen, maybe, just to describe the events after his first journey would have sufficed. But that's a minor complaint, as overall, this harrowing undertaking was the stuff Mondos are made of. The long rider was indeed a Mondo. Okay. Well, one man, a couple of horses, or I guess a few horses, and a handheld camera doesn't sound too exciting, especially a two-year journey riding said horses across North America. But I couldn't have been more wrong. One of the most amazing openings of a film I've seen in a long time. The color saturation and the emotion instantly got me excited about this film. Right from the beginning, you can see and feel the passion and love that Philippe had for these horses. Every mile this trip takes is more exciting than the last with characters like Segway Sam or Jesus or Shot Pascal and the horses as Bryce has already mentioned, like Frenchie, Dude, Bruiser, and Texas. This really was a joy to be on this journey with Philippe and this long-time dream of his. I just kept saying, wow, every minute or so. To me, it was like a horse-riding documentary, but of Pee-wee's big adventure with all the awesome people he comes in contact with. I still can't believe this journey he goes on took two whole years to complete. Through this film, not only do you get to know Philippe, you also get to know so much about horses, which to me sounds terrible, but I actually enjoyed uh, taking this journey with Philippe all the way down to Brazil. I was fully in love with this movie right up until the last 15 minutes, which then kind of does what a lot of documentaries does, it falls apart a little bit. The pacing in the story, which was paced so perfectly up until about the last 15 minutes, falls apart just like our hero Philippe did. I really loved so much of this film, but because how the film wrapped up for me, it was going to be a super, super high mondo, but it dropped itself all the way down to a super, super high meh. Mm. And I have some unpacking to do, just like you might have to do when you get on and off a horse. Yes, indeed. That's interesting that uh, the ending that usually that'll toast movies for me toasted this one for you. I know. I was a little more forgiving. I really loved this doc. Like, I really loved, loved it. And the ending just, it just, it just was like almost like there was two separate documentaries it was almost like the second the last 15 minutes was like a short they kind of tacked on to the end because as you're taking this journey with him all through it the the characters and the people are just so amazing but when he when he gets to the end part and he finishes brazil it's like they bring on a new narrator yeah and they they um they take this lifespan of another I think it's got to be like five years and compress it into 15 minutes yeah so I, I honestly think they should have just the screen should have faded to black and if you want to tack on this is what yeah. you did afterwards just I think put that would text up to your point yeah. if that if it ended like that this would have been a perfect film yeah. this film I think everybody should see because it is really a joy to behold and and the and the film quality and the saturation, Philippe and every character so in good, it is fantastic. Eh? Did this look yeah, good. for for a handheld camera, was, but with I one was, man yeah. for the most of it, yeah. and his uh, his compassion with his family. But holy crap, Frenchie, the yes. star of the show, yes, gets hit by a freaking car. <laughs> Doesn't phase Frenchie. It's like nothing phases Frenchie, and and Frenchie you know, had yeah, Frenchie went through some stuff, man. But Frenchie is a fighter. What what? What, what amazed me and which was kind of portrayed also in this documentary was that Philippe put his horses before himself. Every time. Yeah. And so, you know, Frenchie gets hit by a car. Nope. We got to pull over and three months he's got to do. And he that also happened to, uh, I think, Bruiser too, yeah. as he got his foot caught. And it, like they showed the welt that was in Bruiser's leg. It was yeah. just like, okay, I'm going to throw up a little bit right now because that's <laughs> scary as fuck. But th this film is, is really, really good. I'm just, I'm so sad I couldn't. You know, it's a full package of a movie. And yeah. if you're going to take me on this journey, finish the journey with the same level of perfection that we, we would have had. So, yeah. yeah. The last part was all, as you say, really rushed, felt tacked on, and it's too bad. But well, I still like the first, you know, 90% of it so much. I know. I, I know. Still well, and I'm going to say, in fairness to our listeners, 
Bryce is a horse person. So it's not like he's got he's wearing horse colored glasses on in this film, I'm sure. Mm, I don't he know. He does, lo- does love his ponies. He does. He and I don't mean loves them in the physical manner. I mean he's loving them because he cares a lot about horses. Well, maybe, I don't know. He's that that that's I guess I haven't seen him around a horse, but I'm guessing it's just for his passion for horses. And he's being silent. So silence means consent. All right then. <laughs> and I don't think I didn't think the Murr got to see this because no, Murray's is got broken cars and broken soul and schedules broken schedules yeah. and he didn't get a chance to see this beautiful film. Yeah, that's too bad. That's but there good. is a movie that Murray I think did get to see. Did I? I saw a movie. Yeah, you saw one in cinema. I did see a couple. All righty. First up is Elvis Presley. Presley. Elvis. Not the not Stoico? Elvis Aaron Presley. We saw the documentary about King, Elvis Stoico? King of rock and roll. The greatest skater of Canadian history? I don't know about that, but... Uh, yeah, Elvis is Baz Luhrmann's biopic of Elvis Presley. From his childhood to becoming a rock and roll and movie star in the 50s and 60s, while maintaining a complex relationship with his manager, evil Colonel Tom Parker. Mm. Uh, this film transported me back in time and allowed me to experience the whole Elvis phenomenon in a way I had never done before. I've seen a few Elvis movies, a few documentaries. Um, I was only six when Elvis died. Uh, I did grow up with his music in my house and it was a big part of me growing up. Um, Austin Butler was absolutely magical as the true embodiment of Elvis. Eve did most of his own singing. Uh, he spent two years preparing for this role, and it shows. Like other Baz Luhrmann films, it was a spectacular spectacular. It wasn't perfect, though. I mean, first there was Tom Hanks' accent, which makes my buddy Jim cringe. Uh, I didn't really get the terrible accent until it's re- re- revealed that Tom Parker was actually a con man from Holland. So he wasn't even American, he was Dutch, which I guess is why they explain the accent. Even if it was done badly, that's what they were going for. Yep. Despite that, I was still mesmerized by Hanks and the true evilness of his character. Second, the modern music. Why Baz felt the need to include rap and hip hop music and remakes of Presley's hit songs, I don't know. Apparently he did it to appeal to younger audience. Funny, I didn't see any teenagers in the theater we were at. <laughs> yeah, not one. It was mostly old people. So the song during the end credits was so bad, I had to leave. He did. I was planning on leaving, but just it was terrible. It was, he had to pee. It was a long it, Well, that too, but I would have stuck around if it was actually Elvis music, but it wasn't. Uh, despite all that, I freaking love this film. Hunka Hunka Burning Mondo. And now for completely different. And now for something completely different. Now, something tells me in the rumor mail that maybe Bryce hasn't seen this yet. I have not. Really? This is this may be almost like a film rage first. Possible. Hey. Well, there's a long story behind it. It's a short story. My mom's coming is is now here in town, and she wants to see it. So I'm going with my mom. And if you got a problem with that. Talk Let's to your mom. As long well, as, as long I'm as sorry. Are we getting it on right now? I meant a different type of get it on. Oh, well then pff, I have no interest in slapping you. Slap club doesn't start until July. All right. So yeah, I'll, I'll, I'm actually going to see it tomorrow. So, well, you can check out our website because yeah, the our rating Bryce will be, will be giving me the rating yeah, and it'll be updated be. on our website uh, whenever he sees it. I got a spoiler alert. It's going to be mad. <laughs> Okay. Or maybe a rage. Uh, maybe. Yeah. Or maybe it'll be Mondo, like like I Murray. think I'll be pleasantly surprised if you give it a man. Really? Yes. I don't think you will. Well, well let, who knows what I'm going to give it. I know but, what you're going to give it. Yeah, you already know because we've talked about it. But there's one thing you can say about Baz Luhrmann films, and that's, as Murray already phrased it, spectacular or <laughs> or spectacle. Spectacular, spectacular. Well, maybe two things. Jukebox musicals. Mm. I will 100% agree with Murray. Austin Butler does an awesome job of his, of, his, blah, of his portrayal of Elvis. The challenge I think he must have had, though, was trying to tone down a bit of Lerman 
because Lerman has a tendency to over-exemplify dramatic scenes, which has them coming off as fake most of the times, which happened a lot in this movie. The rest of the cast also did a very adequate jobs of their portrayals, except one glaringly obvious flaw. I noticed it in the trailer, and then in the movie, I noticed it even 20 times more. Every time he was on screen, what is that you ask yourself? That's right, Murray. It's listening to Tom Hanks and his terrible, uncontrollable accent for two hours and 39 minutes. And he's the narrator, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> he's the nicest guy in Hollywood. He is. He, he could be the nicest guy in Hollywood, but they should have had a Dutch actor play this role. Yeah. It, he was absolutely deplorable through this whole movie. I don't care how evil the man was. I could not get past the fast. His accent past his accent was the absolute worst accent portrayal I've ever seen in my entire life. Mm. Also, like most Baz Luhrmann films, this has no real character development and any character as it tries to fit way too much into this film while it tries to put as many Elvis songs in it as it can. You feel nothing for any characters except Elvis and not any interplay with Elvis and anyone else has any meaning. They showed really no connection with his mom or with his dad and basically nothing with Priscilla either. They just jammed so much fucking Elvis singing and switched in nothing of substance. There was about 40 to 60 minutes too long. And by the time it ended, I was so exhausted trying to figure out why the last scene in this movie even happened. I kind of wish I just watched the live from Hawaii concert again and then watched a documentary about Elvis. How does the uh, expression go again? Let me try and think. Oh yeah, biopics suck. And in film rage terms, Elvis the biopic jukebox musical is a rage. This movie was almost unwatchable. Other than if you love Elvis, you will like the number of Elvis performances. Mm -hmm. But this, as a film, there was no substance to this movie at all. There was no connection between any character. It was so rushed to the entire thing. It was just one scene after another scene between throwing in another song with Elvis on stage. And it was just, there was nothing of substance in this movie. If you want, I'm not saying it's not a spectacle. Mm. I'm saying as a movie about Elvis, I learned nothing new. I just had a bunch of Elvis songs saying, and I saw that in a in a. And, and I find music. if you yeah, know if you know, if you know nothing about watch Elvis, one of his concerts, you probably would enjoy it because, yeah, it's people who didn't know what actually happened to Elvis, like how he ended up dying in Vegas, or what happened the last ten years of his career, or why you know basically he was stuck doing terrible movies for ten years. Like if you didn't know all that, okay. then yeah. you might actually just tell it. just tell me one thing. Watch that. So in my mind's eye, yes, I'm thinking, okay, the perfect way to end this movie, yes, is Elvis sitting on the toilet having yes. his heart attack. Yes, that's what should it. Yeah. Okay, so then all of a sudden, you know, he keels over. He's face down on the floor with his ass up in the air. With uh, and then the camera pans over him and shows his his the last of his, you know, the last thing that he left us, which was a which peanut was a big, butter and banana big, big, chocolate sandwich. Peanut butter and banana chocolate turd show the turd in the bowl yep and then come back down to his face yep on the on the on the linoleum yep maybe a little bit of drool no yep and that would be like and then fade to black is that how it ended because that's no, how it ended that's that's not no, normally how baz Luhrmann ends his films <laughs> so you can guess that probably didn't happen because that's, that's the ending a, I wanted. That's all I wanted to see. I just wanted to see his, you know. Yeah, you don't get to see, you don't even get to see him really go through any hardship. What? Well, no, that's not totally. No, there's Murray. I mean, they didn't show any bad things of Elvis through this movie. It was a glorified, you know, putting him up on this pedestal. And then they had two, so two hours, two and a half hours. It was a Baz Luhrmann film where there's music and... And he's sucking up to the whole Presley family. Right. Like, that's basically what it was. That's how he got the movie made. It, it, it has no substance for anything, for any character. None. Well, There's am, no character development. I am glad that I've gotten two completely different opinions on it. Yes. So now I can go in and form my right. own. I'm not going to be influenced one way or the other. 
Except you have seen a Baz Luhrmann film before, right? Okay, well, I've can got, you remember? I've, I've got an, uh, can an you idea remember a Baz Luhrmann film <laughs> that you actually really loved yet? No. No, okay, so so you know what to expect. But here's the thing: if you love Elvis singing, you get a lot of that. Well, which well, you know might. that'll be okay, I guess. I, but I I would prefer to just watch Elvis in concert. Actually, what you get is a lot of Austin Butler. Singing. Yeah, there you and go. A little bit Playing of Elvis, Elvis at the end. That's right. There you go. So you get to see Austin Butler as Elvis singing the, Elvis songs. The Butler did it. The Butler did it. You're, you know what? That's a perfectly good summation of this. The Butler did it. Yes. He did a good job. Go. He was great. What else did we see? <sighs> we saw something extra special, Jim. Extra, <laughs> extra, extra special. Something. Already. We saw something called the black the black phone. phone. Ghostly slasher fun. We didn't see the black phone. We saw the black phone. It was more like the, the black, black phone. phone. The black phone. The this is yeah. this is the this black is, phone calling. This is, this is the black phone. There you go. Uh, the black phone. <laughs> <laughs> Ghostly slasher fun with amazing soundtrack and sound with the best CLF cast in a movie since I can't remember when. This film had such a great pace and some good, cool, ghostly jump scares. I felt the direction and the dialogue was outstanding, as was the entire cast. I really, really enjoyed the film, but I felt it lost some of the speed and intensity as it progressed and our main actor, Mason Thames, did a great job, but the star of the show was played by his sister in the movie, Madeline McGraw, who plays a brilliant, brilliant little sister. This film is a fun ride, but is a little predictable, but fun, and perhaps a little tropey, but still it was kind of fun. So it was um, it was fun, and it was uh, just a high met for me. Oh. And my favorite line, can you guess what it was? Jesus, what the fuck? Yeah, right. <laughs> I should have been. By far <laughs> the best line in the entire movie. <laughs> Jesus, what the fuck? Uh, what say you, Murray? I don't think he liked it as much as me. How could you guess? <laughs> so, right, well, because there was no Elvis songs in it. No, and it was a horror movie. Yeah, it has been a horror movie I've liked in a long time. What was the last one that you really liked? Was it uh, Rob Jabaz's The Sadness? Sure. Okay. I get phone calls from dead people. <laughs> I, hear, I hear I hear dead people up the movie. I did like that it was set in the 70s, though it kind of had to be because they had a rotary phone yeah. as a major prop. Nice. For those uh, kids out there born out to the year 2000, it's where you actually used to have to dial each number and it would go Exactly. <laughs> And that was the only phone they had. You didn't have any walking around phones. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that was kind of cool. It was set in the 70s, kind of <clears> like some of <throat> my other favorite movies. Um, hated pretty much everything else. Okay. What? Literally nothing happens in the first hour of the film. Nothing. A couple of kids are abducted. That's pretty much it. Actually, a lot of kids were abducted. Lots of hat stuff happened. I almost fell asleep. That's uh, how freaking boring I was. You didn't love the girl? What she was cool. No, I, I thought she was annoying. Yeah. Uh, it was way too slow for me and not scary at all. Not one jump scare for me. Not one. Not even Did, one? Not one. Where was it not supposed to be jump scares? There was jump scares. There was jump scares. There was ghosts. There was ghostly jump scares. There wasn't any jump scares. When he went, oh, and there was a ghost. I like and he went, oh, that was a jump scare. I like real ghost mm-hmm. stories. This was not one of them. Uh, I found what the kind kid, of... Is this a pretend ghost story? I don't know. I found, okay. I found the kid was story. annoying. There were ghosts. Had a pretty big wuss. Yep. His kid sister was a lot tougher than him. His kid so her whole yeah, she was stuff in dreams <laughs> yes. thing was pretty lame. I mean, really? Jesus, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Only thing that really frightened me was reliving my own childhood of being bullied. That always And getting beat with a belt by my own alcoholic father. Ouch. A father who beats his kids for no reason. Thanks for that, Scott Derrickson. <laughs> well, Rage. he was an alcoholic. He was yeah, an alcoholic. That's no why excuse. he did it. I don't care if it's the 70s. There's no excuse. I, I agree. It's, there's I, never an excuse to beat kids. And it made me hate this film. Rage. All right. 
So your emotions got a hold of you then. Absolutely. Gotcha. Because I wasn't scared by the movie. I thought it was slow, <clears throat> and I really had a problem with him beating his kids. Uh, well, we can t- let's unpack this a little bit once we hear what Bryce has to say. The Black Phone is another one of those movies that seem to be made for me. The slow build, the development of every character, and then it took a turn into the supernatural, and I was still enjoying the experience. That is saying something. What? That is really saying something, as ghosts generally are not the recipe for goodness. Not for Bryce. Especially for me. The The dynamic between brother and sister was so well done, Everyone should have a sister as loyal and awesome as Gwen. Ethan Hawke as the grabber was also excellent. Much of the movie, his face is covered by some super creepy Tom Savini masks. Yet through his voice inflections and body language, he was able to convey a wide range of unsettling emotions. The movie took place in 1978 and it felt like 1978 in every frame from the lighting to the wardrobe to the hairstyles to the music they seem to have nailed 1978 as far as i can remember as i was you know only four years old in 78 but pretty sure they got it that's the colors i remember from 78 there you go Aside from the fairly cookie-cutter ending, this movie was almost perfect. I enjoyed almost every second. Once again, I'm going to be generous. The ending didn't wreck it for me. I don't know what's going on with me today. I am going Mondo on this because it was so much good. The kids were tremendous. Kids were tremendous. Hawk was very good. He was. And that first hour was that was perfect filmmaking the yep. first hour was perfect i i loved i loved the first hour i i think as soon as they got into the basement it it just the tropiness took over i found maybe to murray's point i felt the suspense really wasn't there no, it, it didn't have enough suspense built the first hour i agree with you i love the first part i don't of this know that film. there's ever been a better setup it, yes it, 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 it is but it, it, it took the me, carpet it took me, was pulled right it took out me, it took me back to the setup for like a texas chainsaw massacre where yes. the whole first part is just the setup. but it wasn't also but they didn't it. have a good climax the ending i did like actually but the climax there was and you know me, I like to climax. It was it was fine. I liked it a lot. Come on, there, you you really, I you, I mean I, I can I, I I'm kind of was, gobsmacked was, right now. I thought that was a great end scene with it him was a co- good with, with end scene coming out and seeing her. But the, the the I I gotta agree with Murray once it got into the basement. There it wasn't enough suspense. They could have done so much more to build more suspense in this film, and it's kind of like. They pulled that back a little bit to, uh, you know, there's probably a whole bunch on the edited floor on this because they wanted to get it to 14A so they could fill the cinemas more instead of it making it rated R. And I'm going to steal a line from you that says, if you're going to make this kind of movie, because mm-hmm. remember we talked about this not that long ago. Yeah, that was and, with and, uh, the, yeah, what was it called? I don't know. It but was, I'm, It's a cannibal movie. I'm going to, yeah. Well, it was that vampire thing. Yeah, so if you're no, going to no. make this kind of movie, this needs to no, be rated no. R. You should be fucking scared out of your fucking mind. And I don't fresh. know if... Uh, yeah, maybe we haven't. Well, we haven't even talked about fresh yet. We're gonna talk about it. We're talking about, about, we're talking about Morbius. Mm. Morbius was a PG. Yeah, you said it, that too about it Morbius. It should have been R rated. This yeah. this should have been rated R, and it should have been scary as fuck. Yeah. This was not scary no. to Murray's point yeah. very much at all. The suspense built for the first hour, and then they just went wah wah ghosts, yeah. and then it first went all hour, tropey. First hour was perfect, no. and then the last Second, half was not. Last last half hour wasn't as perfect, but you know what? So good. You know what I think's happening right now, Murray? I think because Bryce's mom is here, he's just he's liking in He's in such a gospel mood of yeah. love for his mom uh-huh. that he's he's clouded his judgment. I guess we gotta wait till his rage then see if he actually has uh, he might not his rage is that he doesn't have enough rage in his life right Maybe. now, is what I'm thinking. Like. So did you have anything else you wanted to pile onto this, Murr? No, I, I hated it. More suspense for the the rage that you gave it? Yeah, like I like ghost stories, I like scary movies, but this was none of it. I wasn't ghost wasn't ghostly, it, it wasn't ghostly little, enough or scary. Felt a little enough. too much like stranger and, things or and something. I, and like I don't that. like ghost stories, but I love or, uh, this movie. What was it? Uh, Super 8. 
also said in the 70s. Super 8 was awesome. awesome. It was good, yeah. but it could, but that had a lot of could have been scarier. And it was, set, you know, the main cast was all kids, much like this uh, one. I love Super uh, 8. You know what? I think a good way to end this is Super I agree with Bryce. Mondo. The first hour was awesome. The pacing was great. And then I'm going to agree with Murray because it wasn't scary. And that's a good way to end that segment. Whatevs. <laughs> oh, well then. Ugh. I could not be happier right now to hear what's going to come on the Merman Minute. I don't know. You might not after, after your last 10 minutes here. Oh. I am going to roll it back a little bit past the whole... 78? No, to the, the previous movie before this black phone nonsense. Oh, the Elvis movie? Yes. Ah. Uh, this week... <gasps> Elvis's best movies? We saw Bass Lerman's epic film about the late king of rock and roll. Oh, God. Let's not. You're not going to listen. The top ten. Thanks. Bad accent notwithstanding, I think Austin Butler did a fantastic job I would channeling agree. the spirit of Elvis Aaron Presley. I would agree. So much so, the entire Presley family called it the best portrayal of Elvis ever. Oh, okay. I'm okay with this. I would probably We're have to We're not doing agree. Elvis movies. We're doing not Elvis doing, portrayals. Not doing movies starring Elvis, no. What is he uh, I'm so in suspense right but now. But I thought I would take a look at some of my favorites. Elvis performance. My, my oh, favorite okay. better be on your list. It probably won't be because I haven't probably seen all the movies you have. First one might be a bit of a surprise. Yeah. David Keith, Heartbreak Hotel. Really? 1988. Mm. Nice. This was a Christopher Chris Columbus comedy, and I love my Chris Columbus. He comedies. does. It's, I think yeah. it's your favorite director. It is probably one of mine between him and uh, Hughes. Nice. Um, David Keith's performance in this comedy was spot on, even if a bit campy. Basic plot is an Ohio farm boy who kidnaps Elvis after a show in 1972. I, I have a feeling I know what movie's going to be on. Takes here, him home, settles in as the guy's stepdad, makes moves on his mom, and teaches him how to conquer bullies through the power of rock and roll swagger. Nice, and this is going to be a nice transition into... Baba Hotel. Baba Hotel. That's it. Yes. You nailed it. Oh. Bruce Campbell's number one, the best Elvis portrayal ever. ever made. And let me just add that Ozzie Davis is the best John F. Kennedy portrayal there ever. There we go. Ah, my man Bruce plays a washed up Elvis stranded in a dingy retirement home plagued by mummies. One of like, I want to say probably 10 movies that we've had on our, our podcast where we all 100% believe, agree. It's a Mondo. Oh, it's so good. Uh, next up is one you probably may not have seen. It's a mini series. Mm. What's that? Jonathan Rice Reese Myers. He played Elvis in 2005. Mm. He won awards for it. Really? I'd never heard of this guy before. I saw this on TV, mm. and I became an instant fan of his. He's a good actor. Even What's though he's it's just called Elvis. Oh. Uh, even though he's from Ireland, mm. his southern accent, sad eyes, and overall presence in the miniseries, he 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 doesn't do his own singing, but Neither do most of the other ones. In spite of that, probably my favorite interpretation of the king, and I believe it won multiple Emmys. Oh, nice! So he was phenomenal in it, and I had never seen him before, and I just cool. was blown away by him. Number one with a bullet? Not with a bullet, just just one. number one. Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell in that Christmas Elvis. movie. Elvis. Oh, nineteen seventy-nine. <laughs> the first TV Elvis is still the best. Kurt Russell starred as the king in an epic three-hour made-for-TV movie that aired in 1979, less than two years after Elvis died. Mm. It was also the project that first teamed Russell with director John Carpenter. Russell's movie star charisma makes him impossible to ignore, and Mm. it was memorable. I don't think I've seen that. There you go. It's a John. It's Carpenter. a TV movie. That's John Carpenter. You like John Carpenter. And John Carpenter directed. Yes. Now I want it. Now First I'm, time him and Russell ever worked. I know. Him. I'm just still so surprised. And like a year later, they did the thing. So there you go. Wow. Now I now I hate. I've never said this on our podcast. I want to go see a TV movie. There you go. go right ahead. <laughs> That's so good. Temperature rising. Vision blurring. Rage taking. Over. <sighs> sweet, sweet, sweet rage. Well, I was still percolating my rage, Murray. Yeah. 
So my rage this week may come as a surprise to some of you. Because I've given no hints as to what my rage is from. But Bryce may know what my rage is. Care to take a guess, Bryce? Based on our viewing experience when we went and saw the black phone. Or sorry. The black phone is calling. This, is this an in-theater experience? Uh, somewhat. I don't know what your I, rage I have is. one too once you're done. So my rage this week yeah. is the tra- second trailer... For the oh, film, nope. Come on. This, <laughs> yes. this, I have not been more excited to see a movie probably in my life after seeing the trailer for this. The, the original the trailer, trailer, the original trailer is so good yep. that I was like, I don't, I need to see this movie right now. Yep. And then when I saw the trailer on the weekend, I said, I don't even know if I want to see this movie. There is because too much reveal. There is so much reveal in the second trailer. It's like now I feel like I don't even need to see the movie. I am. I can't believe they do this, and they do it all the time. But I, you know, why would Jordan Peele allow this to happen? Like there's a, there was like three. There was like three trailers that, that, that we did the same. That yes, did the same thing. That yes, like, we're sitting there like, well, now I don't want to see this. Good, but I don't guess I don't need to see it. Yeah, it was like one fucking trailer after the other where they just kept showing just too much of the movie. Just stop. And it was just like. I now it it I have no hope, yeah. Except for my thoner, which I have for next Thursday, that to see a film because every other one is spoiled rotten with these stupid terrible trailers. It's almost like I don't want to go there in time for the trailers. I want to show up 15 minutes late now because they're just going to ruin me for the movies that are coming for the rest of the season. You know what? It, at the very least, they should just put a giant spoiler alert disclaimer so you can leave the cinema. Well, just or, just or, or plug your plug your ears and close your eyes. No, like, but uh, yeah, it's just why don't you just say or just this is now them. a trailer that's going to make you hate this movie yes. before you see it. That's what this disclaimer needs to be. Oh, we have now released the second trailer for a movie that you've been looking forward to for the last year and a half. But you know what? This trailer is going to make you hate this movie. But we felt we should play it anyway just to get you to say we still want to see it, even though now you don't. That's my rage this week. Stop putting terrible trailers out. That's my rage. Yes. Probably not going to happen. <laughs> I'm so angry, Marie. I, when I, I went in there, I, I almost it. left the movie. I get it. it. Maybe that's why I didn't like um, the Black Phone as much. You liked it pretty good, though. Like more than I did. And I saw those same trailers. <sighs> that's me. Nothing I saw wanted me to want to see any of it. You didn't, that's true. Uh, my rage is Cineplex, or more accurately, Cineplex Cinepla Club. Um, what? I have to buy tickets online in order to use my Cineplex Cineplug mm-hmm. special pricing or free tickets. Yep. I do not have one of them fancy rock walking around phones. This is becoming a pain in the backside that I have to plan well in advance. I can't just show up at a theater and use any of them. It's stupid. I don't understand why it can't just be connected to my scene card just like it is with, with Landmark. Yep. I, it's dumb. I don't understand. I get the, I scan the card. I get the discount for the, you know, when I'm if I want my tasty popcorn. Why can't I scan the card and get the discount for my movie ticket? Why? Why? So for our U.S. listeners, just in the states or AMX, AMC in the states, because they have a shitty rewards program that doesn't allow you flexibility to redeem your points. Unless you use your credit card for everything. Yeah. So, yeah, you know what? Do you remember the when my the app blew up and I lost my shit at the movie yeah. theaters and I screamed at every single person that yeah. worked at Cineplex? I do remember that. I've been telling us. And and the one we go to And now downtown, I understand. The, the one we go to downtown doesn't even recognize it. You yeah. can't even use it at that at that Cineplex. Yeah, I'm like, okay. Here's here's our list of Calgary cinemas in order of the ones we love. First off, it's CMC, who's our sponsor. We love them dearly. You know, we've seen all the movies by the time they get there. 
Then I'm going to say we love Landmark. Then the Plaza for, I know Murray's not going to jump on board with that because they're our house. And then the Globe, which is where all the festivals play. Yep. So if you're listening to our podcast. And Dead Last is Cineplex. And Dead Last is Cineplex. <laughs> I want them to dry well, up. Well, here's another nail in their coffin. Oh. I do not belong to that club. You do not. For the reasons that Bryce just said. Mm. I don't want to have to use my credit card every time I want to book a ticket. That's right. I want to be at the theater and use it there. With Landmark, you can just you, know, you use the barcode on your Landmark movie That's right. covers card or whatever. And boom, you get the discount. But yep. that Kids, forces but Murray to come with me all the time, which yeah. makes me happy. Well, then I have to keep the, pay you ticket to, the ticket ahead of time. That's right. But yesterday when I went... Now I you had, didn't get my discount. Uh, I had to lay off the, the sweets and everything because I had a you know blood test. That's day. right. So, but I was gonna get a soda. Uh-oh. Got there, none of their soda machines worked. Nothing. What? Zero soda. Period. This this we should you know what next week we should just I had to get a do an episode about how much we hate Cineplex and just. Uh, but you know the best thing about it when I go with Murray and I he he actually he actually stick, sticks the fives in my underwear. Does he really? Yeah, it's like I have to do a little jiggle, That's and then he slips the fives in my underwear, only oh. just like a stripper. Only because we don't have singles. That's right. If we had singles, it would be it even would be more. Ones. It would be more. It would last like, longer. It, it would be more pleasurable. That's right. Anyway, yeah, we agree. Same place sucks. <laughs> Rage subsiding. Pulse slowing. Anger fading. Hi, this is Tony, the host of the Flix X-Raid podcast. Each week, I am joined by guests. Hello. Yo. Why, hello there. Hello. Hey. Hello. Hello. And we have a roundtable discussion where we dig deep and X-Ray a bunch of our favorite films and some really terrible ones, too. We really like to go back and take a look at films that may be forgotten, maybe in the past, and still lovable films. If you want, you can follow us on all the major platforms, iTunes, Google, Stitcher. If you want to find out more, you can find us online at www.flixxray.com. And you can also find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram if you want to reach out to us. Good night, Internet. Good night. www.internet.com I love our list's music. It's fitting. It is kind of fitting. I did good. So, was it just me, or did the rest of you clowns get to see the currently repulsive Alicia Silverstone? Well, let, let, go ahead and tell me what you thought of Sister of the Groom. I think Groom. I saw an Aerosmith video over the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Was she in it? Yeah, of course. Oh, of course. Is she she's in everyone? No, she's in one. She's in everyone? No, no, she's in at least two or three. Is she in two or three? Oh, yeah. So, we got to see I the sister. I think crying. That's all I remember. Yeah, the Sister of the Groom. There's one with Liv Tyler, too. Which was a new age Jewish wedding party weekend Sweet. where nothing makes sense. Mm. Everything is badly done and everyone in the film is repulsive, especially our lead, who mm. I'm assuming now is also doubted. Are you assuming that? I'm assuming that because she, this movie, her and this movie was, was so completely awful. The film quality was terrible. Yeah. And the stupidity of uh, literally everything in this. It, nothing made sense. Not one thing connected to another huh. to make it s- any sense whatsoever. Interesting. I was so angry after seeing this movie. In oh. fact, my wife said, can you please stop getting me to watch these movies when you have to watch them? So here's what I did. Yes. I looked at her list. Yes. And I'm like, why in the hell are we watching Sister of the Groom? Okay. So I didn't. What? What I watched instead was The Bad Therapist. Because if you look at the list, it makes more sense. Wait, wait. It was our discussion. Why didn't you tell me this? Because I wanted you to watch Sister of the Groom so badly. I hate you right now. (laughs) And I was so glad that you did. But here's the thing. The Bad Therapist actually had a shot at not being a rage, which I think we can both agree that Sister of the Groom had no shot of not being enraged. There was no shot whatsoever. This, and this here's, movie here's should the never other thing. Rated. The Bad Therapist was right after The Lodge, which was, was mad. So this one actually had a shot of having her either maybe not doubted. Where is it? Are you taking Bad Therapy? The Bad Therapy. Is it Bad Therapy? The Bad Therapist, I thought. Okay, so called. I've got... Is it? I don't see that in what her list. What are you list. talking about? Alicia Silverstone... 
lodge. We have the lodge. Yeah. That's TV oh, series. TV series. Bad, bad therapy. therapy. Okay, so, bad therapy, so get your movie therapy. names right. Whatever. It's an Alicia Silverstone movie. Who cares? So <laughs> bad makes therapy. A <laughs> it makes a difference when I'm trying ah, to find the movie. Don't get me started. Okay. okay. At any rate, long story short, Lodge was meh. Agreed, right? Agreed. Yeah, I didn't mind meh. And guess what? Bad, bad therapy was also meh. She's not doubted. But she is repulsive. <laughs> I can't believe that. You, you know what? This week is almost not fair. If you would have watched this movie any other week, yeah. that you're giving out Mondo's left and right. Like candy. Like candy. And then you're giving a complete... How could you watch an entire movie with her in it? Was she in it a lot of the time? She was in it quite a bit. Because you would literally and she was could terrible. not get past much without but, throwing up most of the time. Rob Corddry was in it. Yeah, yeah but you it. and your you and your one person funny in it no, doesn't no, no. make a movie. He wasn't funny. Was the script terrible? The script was okay. The script was mad. I, I don't think that's true. And Rob Corddry wasn't funny. This was a dramatic piece. And it was okay. It was mad. It did not make me rage. Okay, I did not, so after what it, you're I was saying like, is... What I'm saying is... First off, let me say I hate you. That's Second fine. of all, going backwards. Uh huh. It's all rage, rage, rage. Well, the bad therapy is a meh. Meh, meh. So we're starting from bad therapy. Okay. Valley Girl was a rage. I don't know. I saw it. Okay. I'll, I'll trust even though you it's that. uncredited, which I don't think we should have to. Yeah. Uh. So now. And, and, We're gonna, you, and you know again, what you've I'll, done to yourself. And once again, I'll you now have to see. I don't have to see anything. Uh, She's not on it. Yeah, but if you add up her films, if she because uh-huh. she makes three or four a, a month. Okay, well, <laughs> we may have to revisit this at some point. Yeah, we I'm will not be. Saying, I'm not saying that we, we don't. We will be. I'm going to be. Having said all this, she's in one of my favorite movies of all time. Yeah, yeah. So that's so long ago. It wasn't that long ago. It was. It was past eight ago. Yeah, it was just past eight ago. Still past eight ago. Just past eight ago. But it's still past eight ago. I like saying eight ago. It sounds like a word. (laughs) It's it's like three words. Eight ago. (laughs) It's like only used in the list segments. Just past eight ago. (laughs) It's like a time now. (laughs) Well, stay tuned, people, because you know. I'm Even not though, saying that she's forever not doubted. I'm just saying right now, she's not doubted. And I'm saying you're giving away mez like you were Mondo's like Gandhi. That's what I'm saying. That's my prerogative. I'm going to talk to your mom after this. And I'm going to tell her to That's slap right. you a couple of times. We're going to tell your mom. <laughs> That's right. We're going to tell your mom about how nice you are. I am. Nice boy. You're actually not that nice. Mm. Okay, so... We may still be able to add somebody to the list this week. Yes. What? Who? What? Because so last week on? we talked about Cameron Diaz. Oh, why did we do that? Well, because she was in a movie. Yeah. And then you said. She was in a few movies. You said, yes. you said yes. we should be talking about her, but it wasn't during the list. So oh. now it's the list and we're talking about Cameron Diaz. Oh. And you said, and I quote, She's repulsive. She's repulsive. <laughs> yes, that's exactly what I <laughs> and said. And that's what we're talking about. So, Murray, do you find Cameron Diaz repulsive? And be honest, because remember, he just saved Alicia Silverstone with his gifts of meh. And I'm happy about that because... With a movie I didn't even remember the name of. Yeah. Apparently, I just, it was so I mad he remembered last thing. night. Um, I thought she was okay in uh, something about Mary. So, you know what? That's I got to agree with you. That's not what we asked. Actually, you know what? Well, I don't find her... Uh, as repulsive as say a few other actresses out there, but also, but ultimately you're saying, and you know what, I got to go with it because I've seen her in a lot of movies I where she is repulsive. Du- I might say doubted. Yeah, she could be doubted. We might have to look at that. But uh, you know what, I'm going to say I don't think she's repulsive because of the movie something about Mary. Because of that movie, eh? that's right. Well, and she was okay in Charlie's Angels. Oh God! The movie that it was. Okay, let's just stop the conversation. You know what? I there. think like, she wasn't that repulsive oh, in that one. Oh, she either. was. I like so. Drew Barrymore, I can tell you that. <laughs> well, the, <laughs> she was terrible. There's, there's a high bar. Well, she was a producer. She should have been better. But Lucy Liu was in it. So they nobody noticed go. anybody because Lucy Liu was in it. There you go. Yeah. And Bill Murray. And, and Bill Murray. Well, that's right. As Bosley. I don't even know what we're talking about We're talking anymore. about how awesome Cameron Bill Diaz Murray was. We're talking about Bill Murray and how awesome he was. In you asked my opinion on Cameron Diaz movie. That's right. Oh, so right. apparently we're we not asked. getting, we're not going to get there. Now, Murr. Yeah. Have you got a, a mesmerize off well, for us for next week? You didn't really 
give me any parameters. You just well, no. That you've got a lot of people on well, the yeah, list. Yeah, but we went from Christopher Walken all the time to like you didn't. You know, actually, give you know me what? My next target. You know what? I'm going to throw a challenge to you then. What's that? Because we've been doing a mesmerize mesmerize off for so so much. What we need to really do is a repulsive off. No. Yes, no, way. No, we yes. don't. Yes, we do. So it, well, you're going to find two people make... that are repulsive in the same movie, and no. one of them, yes, it's no. the complete opposite of mesmerizing. No. Murray, you find a repulsive no. off, and one can't be more repulsive than the no. other. Yes. <laughs> Next week, people, we'll, someone's going to be removed from I, the, I do the repulsive, one, and it may be Alicia Silverstone. We don't Silverstone. have enough people on the repulsive list. <laughs> Well, you know, let's let's talk about who we have on the repulsive list. We got like we? we got what like eight or nine. Yeah, so it's going to be a pretty so easy. So yeah, no, because they're probably all in the, the same movies together. The reason that we're doing this with the mesmerized list is because the list is nine thousand names long. We're not <laughs> well, do- once we get it up to nine thousand, then we can start talking about it. But no, no I'm kiboshing well, this right now. No way. There aren't admit there aren't enough names on it. There, okay, let me tell you how many names there are. There's the old Bryce. That's right. He's he's finally he's stopped back. giving out. Mez and Mondo's with candy, and he's back. Yeah, it's like, is there if there's under twenty names on it? No, the reason the mesmerized offs are happening is because there's got to be fifty. I mean, it's stupid. There's a lot of names on it. Well, you know what? Lucky for you, uh huh. There's there's a glitch in our in our repulsive list, which I have to go fix in in Wix. Uh huh. Well. Yeah, there's a there's otherwise a, there's a glitch sitting at this table right now. That's right, you giving Jim. out mez. Gonna mad you. Now I want to go. Will you? May, may in you front ups- of all these people. May you upside the head. <laughs> I do have a mesmerized off if you want it. Yes. Yes. Give it to me. It's a Francis McDormand. Oh. Because right. that's the next name we were talking about. Yes, we were. Mississippi right. burning. Okay. Okay. I am all Willem Dafoe. He's yeah. still on our list, is he not? He is. He hasn't been knocked off yet. I don't believe so. I know Oldman got knocked off because I had a few with two of them, but I believe he was got given the kibosh. All right, Mississippi burning. I've watched with that in a while. With my mesmerizing Gene Hackman. I don't know why he's not. Hackman. Love Hackman. Hackman. Hackman like Pac-Man. Francis. He was, like, he was Lex Luthor. That's actually was a really good. The best Lex Luthor ever. So I won't argue with that. McDormand versus Defoe. Defoe was terrible. Yes, Defoe and Mississippi Burning. Nice. Digging it. Which yeah. I believe won some awards. This is this is two, two heads of state. Yes. It is. All right, let's move on. They were also in Fargo, but that one's too easy. So well, we already did Fargo, and no Have one was Fargo? no one else oh, yeah, mesmerized like, anybody. Like There's like four people on there. I know. That's right. We all came up with different names. Yeah. Yep. Too many. Too many. Too many. All right. All right. That's, too much, that's the baby. List. Now you're right. up there, Jimbo. Last week on Rage or Dare, the gang from Two Idiots and a Dog read the tea leaves of the robot future and dared the crew to watch Pacific Rim. Uprising. This week I'm sure he'll whine about it, as he normally does, but Bryce is alone to either Rage or Dare. Now, let's check in with the crew and see if dressing up like a robot and slapping kaijus around is as sexual and fun as it sounds. Is there anything surprising about this uprising? Or is there an obvious reason why Guillermo del Toro chose to make a film involving fish-human sexing over directing this sequel? Alright. Sorry, it's my turn again? It's our turn now, and it's your turn next week. I don't. Are you sure about that? I'm positive. I went to the I went to the website, and the website is always right. See, it's always K- my Casey, turn. I don't understand uh, exactly. <laughs> Casey nailed it. It's like every week. Oh, whose turn is it? Oh, it's your turn, Bryce. No, you only get. It can't one, be my turn you only, every week. You get one week off every two weeks. It's the same as it's I been. I get no since, weeks off. You do get weeks off. 
And do you want me to remind you no, of when the last time whatever, that you got just, a week off? Just stop. When I had to see something? Yeah, actually I do. Now okay. that you mention it, because right, I don't just... believe you. I think that this is bunk. You think that? I believe it was the Ashton Kutcher thing, wasn't it? Oh yeah, yeah you watched that last week. Yeah. Do you remember when I watched uh, what happens in what Vegas? Happens in Vegas. Oh, and then yeah. we watched Pacific Rim. Okay. Uprising. It's fine. I guess it's my turn. So, Anyways. can we can we just make a quick summation here? Of what? That first off, Bryce is giving away free goods. And second of all, that he is a baby. You're a baby. 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 <laughs> I wish I had a sound effects board right now. <laughs> Where, baby? <Exactly>. Pacific Rim. <laughs> Uprising is one of those movies that has a bunch of action sequences bridged by some scenes that have some people speaking, but none of what they say makes sense. I have no idea what the point of any of this was. We have kaijus versus giant robots called Jaegers, and they wrestle with the agility of a gymnast. That does not seem possible. We have a plot where the kaijus are going to mount Fuji so they can... I have Fuji? N- I have no idea, but apparently it's Develop bad. Film. Apparently it's bad, and it will destroy the entire world. At one point, they weld a giant rocket to one of the Jaegers so they can get to Mount Fuji quicker, but the rocket ends up launching them into outer space. You lost me. At that point, one of the operators of the giant robot Jaeger thing says, we're almost there. What? Almost where? You're in outer space. You lost me. (laughs) You are almost anywhere, but... Certainly nowhere near Mount Fuji. Uh, then, they, then they show them re-entering the atmosphere with a giant hole in the front of the robot where they are exposed, but somehow the extreme heat and literal fire does not affect them. What is going on? The question I have is, how long did this franchise take to go to space? <laughs> only, only two. Only two. <laughs> they jumped the shark so quickly. <laughs> And by the way, it took me three attempts to get through this whole thing. I fell asleep 40 minutes in the first time. I could have sworn I watched all but the last little bit the second time around, but I was apparently wrong because I'd only made it through 20 more minutes before falling asleep again. And then finally, I made it through the last 50 minutes on my third attempt to bring me to the welcome site of the closing credits. I literally have no idea what this was about. I watched it. I have not, I've got no clue. Why were they going to Mount Fuji? What is going on? What am I... Sp- the only thing I'm positive about is that this was a rage. <laughs> I thought it was about robots fighting. You know, the first one was about robots fighting. Oh. And it was very sexy. I thought this was more robots fighting, but in the Pacific Rim. Well, there was a... there. We'll, we'll talk about the rim job later, Murray. Okay. So... <clears throat> They destroyed the bridge in the first one. So why did they make another one? I don't know. That's really I really want, wanted to know. Because and the in the first you one, had to go feed on Mount Fuji. For that's right. <laughs> well, Mount Fuji, like, if I was a kaiju, I think the, the name Mount Fuji makes it sound like it's kind of delicious. And what were they going to do that was going to destroy the whole... They're trying to explain that there's going to be a ring of fire around the whole world, and it was going to be... The whole world was... What is... What?! What? What? The the it, the Mount Fuji was going to erupt, I think. So and destroy the world. I, I think so. <laughs> so in the first one, they had two pilots, because all the science stuff that went with that. But in this one, they dumbed it down and said, "Oh, we can just make a smaller kaiju and have one person." But the science didn't change. So I was confused by that. It was a mini. It was a mini one that only needed one, so it really wasn't melding with her mind with anybody. She was just melding with her own mind. She was the Jaegermeister. Oh, okay. Yeah, but they did dumb it down for us for sure. That makes complete sense now. I'm I'm totally not confused. And then they throw a CLF in to make it more PG. I have to say. Oh, this whole thing was PG. And yeah. more Transformers like with a sprinkling one? of Star Wars with Finn in to save the day Top Gun style with no likable qualities 
for the most part, of anyone, and everyone in this is annoying and unlikable. Yeah, this was way too much Transformers meets Top Gun meets Fast and the Furious meets RoboCop 3 meets High School Musical minus the musical, except really, 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 really boring. Mm. And that's why Bryce fell asleep three times. Three times. And I fell asleep four times. I literally had to watch. The the reason I was laughing so hard when you were telling that, because I had to try and watch it four times. Like, and I'm still confused. In every the first time I'm one, like, every time I'm like, "Should I? Do I really need to watch the rest to, of this?" And I'm like, do. "Yes, I was dared to watch it. I have to watch the whole." And we were pay, actually paid to watch it. So not only that, but in the first one, they had no money to do anything, and in the first one, they pretty much destroyed the whole planet. Yet they had nothing but gobs of money for multiple projects with multiple Pacific Rim jobs happening, yes. and I'm just like. What the hell is happening? Like, they, they made such a big deal of having no money in the first one. And this one was just like, there's money's no problems. Everybody's just throwing money. Yes. Rim so, jobs for everybody. That's right. <laughs> there was just way too much going on in this film. And none of it was robot versus kaiju action until the very end. It was just, it was so painful. And um, the CLF adjacent stupidity was in this. It was like, was I watching High School Musical goes to Pacific Rim? Or what was, like, it was like, it was like they were in training camp for like half the movie and nothing happened. It was like they're training, but they didn't do any physical training. But then at the end, they were all trained. I was just like, what? Like, what? (sighs) Yep. This film was convenient and corny and stupid. And a PG-rated film that, again, probably should have had some robot sex somewhere in it. Full-on nudity of robots and kaiju genitals, we which I never saw. Robots. And, yeah, I kind of felt like I was watching, like, the rebranding of Power Rangers. So, yeah, it was a rage. It was yeah, awful. It was so bad. Two idiots and a dog. You outdid yourself. Yeah, well played. You, you blew it the first time around, but you have <laughs> redeemed yourself in spades. That was what the Rage or Dare segment is all about. That's right. If you can't find a movie that we're going to fall asleep three or four times in that's so boring, that's job. an action movie that's boring. Yes. Then you have it's, your job. As I right. say, you don't want to try to tempt us with like so bad it's good movies. We want so bad that we actually struggle to watch it. That's right. All right, now you get to rage or dare. Mm, I don't. I don't like the look of your bag. It's been pretty good to you so far. Has it? Anyways, yeah. we're going with the audience dare bag. That's right. Gonna swish him around. I've got like four or five in my hand. I got to get it down to one. Ooh, this one looks tasty. Ooh, feels tasty. It's folded up. Is there a, a bunch hair on it? Is there, that's, that's usually a trap. A lot of them weren't folded that's usually properly. a trap. As you can read them through the bag, I want to make sure they're folded better. Nice. Is this the Mel Gibson movie? What's it called? The Patriot. Yes. 1998. The American uh, Revolution. Yep. Okay. Stars Mel Gibson, Heath and Ledger. It's only like four and a half. Jolie hours Richardson. Long. Jason Isaacs, Chris Cooper, who we love. It's got a lot of people that I like. It's two it. hours and forty minutes. <laughs> oh, I thought it was like four and a half. No, it's Is it two, two hours and, and forty five minutes. It's got it's got the once the once mesmerizing Tom Wilkinson in it. Hmm. Okay. This seems like a big commitment. Yeah, it is. It, that's why it's uh, in the, the bag. The, the good news <laughs> is this coming weekend. Yeah. Yes, it's July fourth. <gasps> Oh, so you can now it's watch perfectly a movie. timed. Ooh, I can, well, I can watch the, the Patriot on, on. There you go. On July the fourth. July fourth. Here you could. That's right. <laughs> Where? Then, watch, then watch some fireworks with an Aussie in the lead role. There you go. That's right. Nothing beats a, Actually, two a racist Aussie to fill Aussies? out a good patriotic <laughs> film. Yes. Is, is, I thought Heath Ledger. Oh, Heath Ledger's American. I thought he was. No, Aussie no. Too. He's uh, what is he? He's Australian too, isn't he? I thought he was. He Mel? Mel? He, no, oh, he yeah, he's something. He Ledger was too, I think. Or at least English, if not Aussie. No, he's not English. We just, we just don't have enough Aussies in our patriotic films. Uh, right. I'm not sure. I can't wait to hear Anyways. what you think can't of this. Wait. I don't, you know what? I saw it in 1998. I don't remember it being that bad. 
Surprise. We'll two see, hours we'll and 45 we'll, minutes we'll, later? We'll, we'll see what 24 years I'm, does to a film. I'm sure it's like two hours of soldiers walking around. So That's right. Yeah, he'll be happy This could be that. the Sounds best delightful. movie you've seen this year. There you go. I'm looking forward to it, actually. I just wish it wasn't so long. Yeah. yeah. Well, thanks, Rage, for listening. Thanks, Extended Rage family, who you can find in our show notes. Thanks to Casey from The Nerdy Photographer, the voice of Rage or Dare. We cannot get enough of you, buddy. Find us everywhere on social media at FilmRageYYC. Check out everything FilmRage at FilmRageYYC.com, including our merch site for Redbubble and Public. We are always wanting to make this a raging blast for all listeners, so please like, subscribe, send to your friends, and send us emails to FilmRageCalgary at gmail.com. Dare us to see terrible movies to move our rage. But no matter what you do, please, 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 pretty please, 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 please make us rage. That's it for this week. Rage on. Rage on.